Dexter Stucky presents Industry Friends. Hey guys, it's Dexter Stuckey. Before I get started with this week's edition of Industry Friends featuring one of my closest friends, Mr. Richard Lancaster, I wanted to talk to you guys about a special project that we're working on with two of our other friends. Shout out to Vance and Dion. It's called A Very Special Holiday. And what it is, we collect funds and we put those funds together to give back to the community. We purchase teddy bears and write a person's name on the teddy bear after they do a $5 donation. And we give it out to kids in need. Last year, we partnered with an organization called Faith in God. God Family Restoration Corporation and guys it was probably one of the most heartwarming things I've ever done in my life like yes the kids get super excited about it but also the families like get so excited about it there were literally people with tears in their eyes last year because they were receiving these gifts that they weren't expecting um, I think it's one of those things that also surprises us currently as of this recording we've raised seven hundred dollars in four days which is like commendable and we we can't thank you guys enough for doing that but if you too would like to get involved with a very special holiday you can just message me on instagram uh, my name is dex d-e-x stucky s-t-u-c-k-e-y and if you want to get involved and do a donation please let me know guys without any further ado here's industry friends with richard lancaster Welcome to another edition of Industry Friends. I'm your host, Dexter Stuckey. I have in the building today one of my actual friends, <laughs> Mr. Richard W. Lancaster III. The government. I have to. Okay. It'll be the last time I say it, though. Okay, cool. <laughs> I hope the whole conversation you weren't going to say my government. Um, Rich is an annual giving manager at Lincoln University. That's right. You've been there for a couple years now. Well, um, In had, this position. In this position. Yeah, I had one stint previously. I left and I came back. Actually... I celebrated a year in July. Okay. Now, as far as industry, what industry would you consider yourself in? Uh, fundraising. Fundraising, um, okay. That's for my um, nine to five is fundraising. Mm-hmm. Or it's not even nine to five, but my career, my profession, my fundraising. Okay. So, as you guys know, I start off every week with a personal story. It's always difficult when my like actual friends are here with the personal stories because I have something in mind and then it changes. So, initially, I was going to tell this, this one story, which I'll probably still get into, but the personal story I want to tell today is like like... Rich and I have like this really cool connection that it's one of those situations where like on the surface level, I feel like we don't act alike at all. Like we were told we wouldn't even be like like currently there's these memes going around where it's like which table would you sit at in the lunchroom? Mm -hmm. Like we wouldn't sit at the same table, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like we're like very similar. We have so much like in common and like the personal story I want to tell. It's like today he came in. We were getting ready to start the interview. We were supposed to start 26 minutes ago and then we started having like regular conversation i'm like oh we should probably get the podcast started Mm -hmm. but the personal story i was going to do initially was last year or during the holiday season was he texted me and a couple others in in a chat and he said i want to do something for kids for the holidays and i want you guys to help me with it and it was really cool to be included in that because it's one of those situations where four different people were able to put their skills together and come up with something and a lot of you guys like participated in it it was the very special holiday i came up with the title it was a very special holiday where what we did we collected funds from friends and then we went to different um different locations and we physically gave out bears to under underprivileged children which i think was amazing that was amazing that you put that together rich i appreciate you helping out with the process man it was great great experience now you fundraising how did you get into that because when we were in college together rich and i both went to lincoln university together we were in college together. We were both in the mass communications field. When you 
when I left college, you were killing the mass communications department. You had an intern in the department, and then you switched from mass communications to hotel management, and right. you did that for four years? Uh, about probably two and a half to three. Two and, okay, three years almost. And now you're in fundraising. Like, How did that switch happen? Um, so, man, radio and TV was my thing. Mm-hmm. I loved it, and um, I, I was really, really good at it. Uh, it was my passion. So once I, I was in school and, you know, life happens. Um, when you go away to school, sometimes you don't, re- you're, you're away from reality for some time. So I actually got into hotel management, hospitality, because um, my family situation mm-hmm. um, ultimately lost our house. And we had to find, you know, a way to um, survive, I guess you would say. You know, it was, it was, uh, it was a lesson. I was going through a test in my life. And so what I did was I went to a hotel, um, I got a job, um, you know, be able to pay some bills mm-hmm. and, you know, I graduated and I couldn't get a job. This is why you were in college? Well, I was in college. Okay. Yeah. So I was working at the hotel um, and the hotel really, there were some benefits that came with the hotel that um, kind of helped my family. And so I was taking advantage of that. But ultimately I couldn't get a job in, in the in the field once I graduated. And so, you know. At one point in time, myself and one of um, my, you know, my, my good friends, we had a blog, um, and we this was before blogging actually became big. Mm-hmm. We were kind of um, you know, at the front of it. Pioneers. So, yeah, we were pioneers <laughs> of it. And that was something I, 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 it was my passion. Like I really got into it. Okay. So we were doing it. We were doing it. And then once the bills started pe- stacking up, because we weren't you know really monetizing it as much yeah. as we could, um, I couldn't really handle it, man. And so I was working at the hotel, and I wasn't happy about it. Um, I was going on auditions still. I was traveling to New York. I mean, I'd be up all night and have a stay up and go back to this hotel in the middle of uh, Kennet Square, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, which is middle of nowhere. Yeah. I called one of my mentors. We were having a conversation. And I said, listen, if you know of a job, I'll do anything. I mean, <laughs> data management, man, I need to get out of this hotel. I was doing great, but I wasn't getting the respect and I wasn't being fulfilled. You know, and when we're young, that's what we're really looking for. We went, oh, I want a job. I want the dream job right now. I felt like it was it was a promise to me mm-hmm. as I got my degree. So a couple of weeks went by, and then I got a phone call from my mentor again. He said, "Hey, Rich, man, I um, I, I want to know if can you can can you fundraise? Like, I'm thinking he wants me to sell his girl scout his daughter's girl scout <laughs> cookies at the hotel. I'm like, yeah, I mean, we could probably put them. Like, he's like, what? What are you talking about? He's like, I was like, you're not talking about the cookies. He said, no, um, <laughs> I have a position for you, um, that I think you'll be great at. Uh, you know, I'll teach you the ropes. I just need you to learn, do a little bit of research." You know, come in for an interview, and if you get it, I got you. Okay. And so that's kind of where I got into fundraising, and I learned that people fall into fundraising by accident. Okay. It's never like, oh, I want to be a fundraiser. That's and you know they they get in there. So um, he did exactly what he said. He got me a job. He elevated me and allowed me to learn. And I'm I'm forever grateful for that because um, without him. Helping me get into the uh, the industry, man. I don't know where I'd be right now because life at that time was really, really tough. Mm-hmm. Now, when you talk about fundraising, like you, you did say, like people don't like aspire to get into that field, right? But like you're in it now. Mm-hmm. You've been in it for a couple years now. Like in this position at Lincoln for a year, but like prior to that, you worked at other establishments. You were doing it. Mm-hmm. So, what exactly is it? So I am, and it's different across the board, but you're fighting for a cause. So right now what I'm doing is I'm, my job is to get financial means to provide support and access to students who wouldn't have it. 
And so how do you go about doing that? Um, I use my personality, man. I, I, it's, it's, it's all about, you know, they call it fundraising, but I think it's friend raising. Okay. Um, and you really, it's about relationships. So what I've done is I've really just been able to build relationships with people, build that rapport, and allow them to get a better understanding about, you know, what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's funny because when you hear fundraising and philanthropy, you think that it's this, you know, it's intimidating. But what I do is I break it down because a lot of young folks don't understand what fundraising is. So what I can do is or say is that, hey, you know, you spend this much money on um, a coffee a day. Why wouldn't you think about giving back to your alma mater or helping a student who was in need just like you were? Right. And it kind of shifts the narrative about, oh, wow, you look at money a little bit different. Um, there are actual, like, I have an example. Uh, we had a, a, a friend that went to school and he graduated. He said, Rich, I want to give back. And I said, okay, cool. Um, what would you like to do? And so he told me the amount that he wanted to do. And then, so I said, you know, where do you work? And he told me where he worked. And I said, I think that they have a matching gift program, which will elevate your gift. So if you give me, well, you, not me, but if you give, you know, 500 mm-hmm. in a year, it's a fiscal year. So you can give once a month. You can give, you know, it all adds up. Your company match will get you to be a $1,000 donor. He became the youngest $1,000 donor at Lincoln. So it's all about just breaking it down and allowing people to understand, you know, at a, at a surface level what it is. And yeah. then there's an impact that's made because this money is given to the students who are able, you know, to walk across the stage. And that was their dream. It's really interesting, too. Like, like I said at the beginning of the show, I think like Rich and I have so many things in common. And the point of this show for me, honestly, was to do for people what others didn't do for me. Like I want, I, I graduated like um, from college, took me five years to, to get into the industry that I'm in. And I feel like if I had like mentors or someone to guide me along the way, I would have been here faster. Mm-hmm. Then I feel like you're doing the same thing because you are actually raising money for students to have access to books or whatever, like that they didn't have, that you probably didn't have when you were an undergrad. So like, right. I, I think that parallel is really interesting. Now you talked, you said a lot about, how you get people to to donate to you or to the to the university right. how much of your college degree does that take like does it does it play a part at all or is it you know what man it's going to sound funny ironic you know whatever you want to call it i'm so grateful for my college degree mm-hmm. i don't necessarily think that i needed it for this position for this position okay well, I mean, I needed it because the criteria says you need a college a bachelor's <laughs> degree. But, you know, but but honestly speaking, um, I, I can say that there were some tools that helped me, you know, become successful along the way. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, anybody, and this is in any industry, anybody can be anything. You know, if you put your mind to it, you really dig in and understand it. Those credentials that you achieve, you know, they, they help you. And sometimes those are, you know, you know, what you need in mm-hmm. order to get in. But my college degree... I, I would say that it only proved the fact that I could, you know, market or okay. I could, you know, uh, speak publicly or, you know, things of that nature. It's interesting because I actually asked that question because so Rich went to, Rich and I both went to undergrad and graduate school together. And w- as you're speaking, like I'm listening to certain things. And I'm like, I could see how the hotel experience pays off. I mm-hmm. can see how the communications degree pays off. And I can also see how the leadership development degree pays off. Right. So like. I'm not saying that it, obviously I wouldn't know, but I don't think a person who doesn't have those credentials, I don't think they could do it. Mm-hmm. I think it has a lot to do with you personally because like we on paper will be the same, like as far as degree wise. Right. And, and I don't think I could do this. I, I don't think I would be as 
charismatic as you are and like like when you just broke it down to the coffee thing like you said it's 150 dollars truthfully i'm looking at it like if you go to starbucks it's probably closer to 200 and some dollars because mm-hmm. it's not a five dollar cup of coffee exactly but it's i don't think i would come up with those scenarios like that to be able to explain to people and i think it it shows that you have a gift and shows that you've been like trained well for it you know i is i learned the term and put it on my resume it's the transferable skill set mm-hmm. you know and that is what it is you know we got we have to be able to um take our skills, mold them into the way that's going to be beneficial to whatever we're doing. It's funny because I look at myself in the nonprofit world and I've learned so much. Um, I've learned so, so much. But then I look at, you know, corporate and I think to myself, I don't know if I could do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could, you know, be, I'm in a suit and tie, you know, on a daily basis, but I don't know if I can have that cutthroat corporate intimidating to me. So, People look at it, you know, on one side, oh, you know, the charismatic, you know, rich on, on a nonprofit, but then it's like, I couldn't do what some people do. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? I couldn't yeah. do that corporate world. I, I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't be fulfilled. I, I, I commend people who do that. Fair. Fair yeah. enough. Now, like I just said that I don't necessarily think it's a position that I could do, mm-hmm. but if someone was listening to this and they're like, you know what, like this is something that I think I could do. I think I'll be good at it. What advice would you give them? And also, like, what credentials do you think they need? The advice I would give to them is do not be afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, be open to learning. And always understand that, you know, you have to believe in the cause that you're, that you're uh, working for. So I, if you didn't, you know, if when I asked you to help out with um, the Berry's uh, Special Christmas, mm-hmm. if you didn't like children— you probably would have said, I'm not doing that. And I would have yeah. understood. Yeah. I wouldn't expect for you to, you know, jump in or something on a cause that you're not that you're that you just don't, you know, like or care. So you have to be okay with hearing the word no as well. Um That's why I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be okay with hearing the word no because no, um, it gives you an, a direct answer. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, hey, would you you know, think about giving, you know, a certain amount of money? Well, no, I can't do it right now. Well, why not? Let's talk about it. Let's yeah. talk it out because maybe you can. So you got to be able to have those conversations. Patience is key. You know what I mean? Um, those are there's, those are a few things that are needed and some advice I would give. Um, you got to learn along the way. In the right now, I am working on my plan for the year. Wow. But our fiscal year is already underway. So it's like I'm flying a plane and patching it together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. at the going. same time, like working ahead and – I think that's a good skill set to, to have, too, and to teach people. Because it's weird, because people always say, have time management skills. Right. And I think that's very important. But I never hear people say, you need to work ahead. Yeah, man. I, man my time management is horrible. You can ask any of my friends. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask, you're my friend. My time management is horrible. <laughs> um, I think that is a, a generational thing, because my mom, she's late to a lot of stuff, too. But um, <laughs> but we get the job done. Yeah. You know? But, um, yeah, man. it It's all, it's. I think that you have to pace yourself and really just have an understanding, you know, of life. But it Mm -hmm. takes some time, too. Now, in your field, now, with us, like, I feel like we were always cool. But, like, when we did graduate school together, I think we were, like, like bonded more throughout Mm -hmm. graduate school. In your field, do you think it's necessary to have, like, a graduate school degree? Yes. Depending on where you want to take it. Mm -hmm. People, um, People take nonprofit industry and can can make a lot of money you know so i went to a conference and at that conference at the time uh at the time 
I went to a couple conferences. Mm-hmm. But, you know, okay, I'm going to take it back. There's a lot of things in my life that I look at and I take notes because I believe that it's happening for a reason. I went to three different conferences who had the same keynote speaker. Mm. And he is Johnny Taylor. Johnny Taylor was once the um, CEO of Thurgood Marshall College Fund. Okay. He spoke at three conferences that I was attending. And so I felt like that was a sign that I had to know who he is. Awesome guy. He actually interested me in getting my uh, going to grad school for leadership because I wanted to understand the science behind it. Mm-hmm. And so I look at him and I see, you know, he he has his JD and, you know, he he was making like over $500,000 working for a nonprofit. Now that means that you're bringing in a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are certain credentials that put you on, on certain levels with folks. I'm not saying that you definitely need it. Mm-hmm. They're beneficial um, because they're respected. Makes sense. Okay. But, but I think it's all about, you know, your work ethic, what you bring to the table, mm-hmm. how and what kind of person you are. That really takes you to the next level. Okay. Now, as far as, like, leveling up in the field, like, so you know how sometimes you get into a field. Like, let's say you, you work at McDonald's. Right. Like, you start off, maybe you're sweeping the floors. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you get bumped up to, like, the fry guy and yeah. then the cash, you know, stuff like that. As far as your career goals, like, do you see yourself staying in, like, this industry? And if so, like, where where do you see yourself going? Um, So that's that's very interesting. I think that, again, this industry is transferable. Okay. I do see myself staying in a fundraising world um, only because I'm building stuff on the side. Mm-hmm. And you need that support. You know, people think support is um, listening to a podcast. Or people think support is, you know, coming to an event. That's speaking to the fact of, you know, somebody believing in you. They're coming mm-hmm. to your event and everything like that. But financially, that's real. That's where real support is. It's crowdfunding. Gotcha. So sense. if you are um, a, a small business owner and you need, you know, some capital, you know, I would think, my first thing is to think, look at the lower level. Who around me, who, which one of my friends really support me and can pour into it, knowing that they'll get a return on it, but believe in my dream. Yes. You know what I mean? So I think that staying in fundraising is something I'm going to do only because I don't want to work for corporate. You know, I want to do my own thing. I want to make sure that, you know, I'm building, um, you know, generational wealth for my family yeah. and all of that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Makes sense. And you don't want to be the cutthroat guy. That, yeah. I, <laughs> I can't be cutthroat, man. I can, but I, I, I choose not to be. Fair. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Now, at this point in the show, I always ask people what's next. And I know recently you've gotten into, into some real estate. Like, you've become very interested in that. You talk about it very often. Yeah. So, like, what is next for you? Um, so, what's next for me? So, it's very interesting, my life journey. Um, I talk about it with a lot of people. Not a lot of people, actually. I thought I, I, it's my testimony. Mm-hmm. I never understood what I was going through until last year when uh, we graduated from a master's program. And I had a party. And um, it was a surprise party. I had no clue about it. And I cried my eyes out at that party. Everybody was like, yo, why is he crying so hard? What's going on? Why is he crying? And so what I realized is at that party, I felt guilty. I felt guilty because um, I felt like nobody really truly loved me up until that moment. Mm. And when I say that, I say that because, you know, I grew up, um, I I I, I say it now, my mom hates when I say it sometimes, but it's part of my testimony, but all throughout college, I was homeless. 
I lived in and lived in the dorms. I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so um, it was very trying because I just did not know. So when you say what's next, I've come to a point in my life where I've created a brand called Always Rich. Okay. And in that, it stands for Always Remember I Create Happiness. And so I think that's what's next for me is staying on a path of happiness. And it's not necessarily um, thinking I'm always going to be happy or things are, you know, I'm going to be stress-free. But it's choosing positivity, pouring that into, you know, my my folks as well um, that are in my circle and just anybody on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, but I take it to another level because it also stands for generational wealth, okay. always rich. So that's where I'm looking into the real estate thing. Um, and, and, and not just real estate, but just different investments because we have to have multiple strings of income, but I can't be rich. I mean, I'm rich. My name is rich, but I, <laughs> I can't, I can't always be rich. I can't have that. I can't live up to that brand if I'm not bringing my closest people around me into it because we all have to do it together. Makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's interesting that you say that too, because like a lot of people, They'll li- they'll look at you and they'll talk to you and it's like people do or recently have been saying like oh rich is really inspirational like people will send me like certain quotes that you post and everything and I'm like oh this is this is really cool and I do think it's weird because you're very sociable and you're very like out there mm-hmm. like social media wise but then like you're not at right. the same time and I think that that's the part that like a lot of people like the like the homeless stuff like I didn't know that right. so it's kind of like. It's like how well do you really know a person and how well are you like trying to like get to know them if you don't know like things that they're dealing with. And I think you're doing a really good job now of actually making sure that people not not only know about you, but you're also checking on other people and making sure that they're being like forthcoming about like what's going on with them, which I think is great. Well, definitely, man. I think that, you know, um, I was closed. I was insecure when I was going through all that stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't know how to navigate it. So I kind of, you know, started trying to find happiness in the wrong things. And I started trying to, I was just doing things that wasn't of my character. Um, you know, I've, I've prayed that stuff away and, you know, begged for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And those, but I think that, you know, ultimately we all have testimonies, but we're running. My job and my goal is to make sure that people understand where my heart is concerned. I always say it like this, when I get, when I get to my funeral, I want people to, whoever's talking about me, I want somebody to say something and they all can relate to it and smile. I think that's going to, you know, complete my journey and then my legacy just continues. Um, speaking of legacy, you mentioned before how you had a mentor come in and like bring you in and like really help you out and teach you the ropes. How important is mentorship? I know you do a lot of it now, yep. but like how important is that and how do you go about um, finding people like like worthy of being mentored? Um, I think that mentorship, uh, we have to be able to mentor our younger folks. We have to be able to give back. Mm-hmm. We cannot, we we cannot move forward without reaching back. If you know, if if we're not teaching something, we don't have a succession plan, and passing these tools down to other folks. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of even in my my career. Um, there are a lot of students who need help. Um, and we have to be those you know those guiding lights to say oh, I think this is the right decision, or I think this isn't. Because if we're not helping them navigate it, it's like life's GPS. Mentors are, you know, good mentors Mm -hmm. can be labeled as a a personal GPS for people, you know, where they should go. Because we've we've seen it before. Yeah. 
and I don't think mentorship comes from the top down. I think it's it's a it's a mutual beneficial relationship. I was talking to one of the, one of my um, younger brothers, and he said to me, "Rich, I have a um a, a a board of trustees of my life," and I was like, "What?" And it was so profound because to hear him say that like, I don't make moves without going to these folks to make sure that it is okay. And I was like, man, that is so dope. I'm going to put that in my repertoire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. going to use that as well. I'm going to make sure that, you know, I have some folks who I trust in, who, you know, have seen some things. And, you know, that's what mentorship is. That's what I think it is, you know? You know, this whole time, like, I'm thinking about, like, after you said to think about the funeral, and I'm like, if um, this were to happen, like, what would it be? Like, for, like, for me, and I think, though, like, the thing that most people can agree about with you is that is that you never gave up. Mm-hmm. I think most people would, I think people will listen to this show today, and they would say, like, you know what, well, obviously this guy, like, he went through a lot, he didn't give up about it. And I know there were other things that you wanted to accomplish in life, like, throughout undergrad and stuff. Right. And and you did it like you finish it afterwards like you joined your, your fraternity afterwards you right. did graduate school afterwards like there are things that you wanted to do that you did like you made it happen and I think that a lot of people would, would look at you and they would take that away from you and I also think that speaks volumes about fundraising too right like you set a goal mm-hmm. a financial goal and you make it happen Rich also does this thing where like cause I think you're very like humble about a lot of stuff mm-hmm. like so at Lincoln University they never had a system where you could donate money through Cash App and Venmo. Those are really big like tools right now. And Rich, you you implemented that system. Yeah. How are you able to do stuff like that? Like a lot of people um, who are younger and they work in these positions, people like normally don't listen to their ideas. Like right. that's. I mean, I think it's in the in any industry. Like we're younger, people don't want to hear what we say. How do you push through that? Um, I think that I had to, it was a learning process because again, you have to be okay with hearing no. Yeah. Um, but I was also taught is to write your ideas down and have them there Mm -hmm. because just because it doesn't work in this moment who's to say it won't work later down the line you know you could pitch the same idea in different ways you know i'm happen i happen to be under great leadership in my um division at the university so i i was charged with at the university i'm charged with um individuals i need to raise money from four um sections it's um students faculty and staff, mm-hmm. alumni, and friends. I needed the students to get involved. And so I had to meet them where they were. And so I wrote down, you know, my plan, my idea, and I pitched it to my VP. And she said, you know, well, what's that? I had to kind of introduce to them what Cash App was mm-hmm. and, you know, what Venmo was. And once I was able to do that, uh, she saw the vision and gave me the green light. And that man, it opened up doors because it wasn't just for students. It was for younger alumni as well. And, you know, then you put the messages together. And I think that when, you know, your leadership trusts in what you have Mm -hmm. or give you the opportunity to either succeed or fail. So I had an opportunity, and I've had a lot of failures, you know, where I'm trying to put stuff into play. Um, But, you know, you learn from those. There's lessons. It's not necessarily failures. It's just, okay, it didn't go as, as you thought able to come back to the drawing board and say this is a plan that can work and we don't have to do much work you know another thing that's really interesting to me is that and i don't know how you would take this but a lot of people when they that i know personally they're like and truthfully including myself like 
like I really love Lincoln University. And Lincoln University paid for my graduate school. So like I, I'm super thankful and I have so many opportunities. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Lincoln University. Right. However, I graduated in 2011 and I think I might have given $25 mm-hmm. <laughs> during that time period. But since then, like since you've been in this position, like consistently I've been like donating. Right. And I think a lot of people who've I've had conversations with, like they don't necessarily donate because of the school. They donate because of you. Right. Like the way like you're touching like like who you are as a person and how you like approach it and everything. Like what do you what do you think of that? Well, I think that it's um it's down to the science. People give through people. I I would say in many facets I'm a trusted representative of the university. I have a lot of institutional knowledge. Mm-hmm. I I talk about this all the time with my team. It's like this is my career, but these are my peers. So it can be win-win or it could be lose-lose. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that when people, you know, who know me and I'm able to, you know, articulate what the vision is or how you can help and it is still, you know, make an impact, that's the support that we're looking for. And there are no sort of people, like, even with myself, I can't give a lot of money, but I've broken it down to the point where I know that if I'm giving to a specific cause, it's going to make an impact. So it's people giving through people. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't take uh, for granted the relationships that I have. You know, I try, it's funny because the friends that I do have, and I'm doing certain things, I try not to ask them. Because I don't want, it was at one point in time when I first got into fundraising, I was I was calling everybody in my phone book. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you know, we got this thing going on, blah, blah, blah. And I realized people stopped answering my calls. <laughs> <laughs> people stopped answering my calls and I was just like, yo. Or I would see them. And they would like go the other way. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yo, what's going on? Are we, we got beef? <laughs> like, no, man, I just don't got no money to get. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I can't be that person anymore. Yeah. So now it's like that I, I'm, you know, I'm learning the game. I'm, I'm, I'm making a little bit, you know, making some moves and how we're being efficient with, you know, with the money that's coming in. I try not to go to my friends. I say, usually in my group chats, I drop a little, little note. Hey guys, this is what we're working on. If you can, you know, participate. I'd be happy. Mm-hmm. If not, please spread the word and keep it moving. Fair. And and so that is kind of a, I'm not begging anybody for yeah, anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that's what I realize it. Like, I'm not begging. I'm just going to drop it. If you find it in your heart to want to support, whether it's through me, whether it's because, you know, the university, you, you love the university or whatever institution or establishment you're at, mm-hmm. then people are going to give because they're giving through you. Okay. I, I can respect that. <laughs> just curious, what's the largest amount that you've raised? Um... So it's very interesting when you say that. My overall goal last year was as a whole was five hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and we reached the goal. And there's different ways of getting it. But I, what I'm really proud about, honestly, is um. So there's this thing now. It's called Giving Tuesday. I'm not sure if people really mm-hmm. know about it, or you know, it's, it's starting to um, get more. Uh, it's in November. It, it, well, it's the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. Yeah. So this year is actually December third. Yeah, I, re- um, I remember getting. In- to a lot of trouble with it. It was around the holiday time because, yeah. like, I, you, it was you actually. Now that I think about it, you put something out there about it. Yeah. And I started it with Lincoln actually. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is kind of cool. You're right. It was in December. And I just kept it going throughout the month of December. And, like, legit, I remember talking to someone and I'm like, I hate this. Because <laughs> every single thing that I've, like, done with Giving Tuesday came back to, like, slap me in the face. I can, oh. like, like, for instance, I did the, the, the one with college. And, like, I didn't think that, like, it mattered if you showed, like, how much you gave or whatever. Oh, yeah. And I did that, and then someone hit me up and, like, oh, can I borrow money from you? I was like, we don't even talk like that. <laughs> that was one thing. Then another thing, like, I um I sent 
randomly sent someone cash app or whatever and then their boyfriend saw it and they're like why is this guy sending you money oh. yeah and then the third one like my coworkers and i went out to to dinner and i um i we were like let's pay this person's bill so we paid the person's bill and then like the waiter just messed the situation up because they like they're like this they, they just paid your check and the woman's like oh i wasn't finished and it was just <laughs> it was just a lot but go ahead you're saying giving to us wow yeah man so um we're gonna put some ways this year to protect your identity because <laughs> obviously people just you know love you and want to yeah, be around you that's what it is but yeah man um giving tuesday so um last year i just had an idea we need to participate why aren't we participating in it so i looked back at the, at the records previously i think we maybe raised three thousand dollars mm-hmm. in that day on the previous year and mind you lincoln has you know has gone through some things and so we had a new fundraising team and um i i was given the go-ahead to you know do the um the giving tuesday campaign like me like i don't mm-hmm. have anybody under me you know it's just me so I was trying to think of some ways to really get it out there. And my VP said, all right, I wasn't trying to go out. So I said, listen, we're going to have a goal of $100,000 just to see if we can do it. And she said, um, let's let's scale it back a little bit. You know, you don't really know if you're going to get the support that you, know, that you need to reach it. And I want you to succeed. So she said, um, we're going to do 25000 And I was looking like, 25000 is not a lot of money. But where Lincoln was concerned, it was because last year they only did three. Right. And that's with no marketing. So we were touching the waters. Man, that turned into something phenomenal. Um, we gained, I think we raised about $80,000 wow. in one day, a 24-hour period. That's amazing. Yeah, man. And for me as a fundraiser um, and a younger fundraiser, um, it was, it just showed that, you know, I could do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It showed, it, it was very inspirational. I was proud of myself. Um, and I was just happy the fact that I was able to, have people, you know, the push behind me. You know, my team was really behind me. I was asking them for do things, and it was all social media. We were just pushing that message out there. And, and so this year, I'm in the planning of it, and you know, we're going to try to make it better. Um, working on my goal now. I told you, I'm planning, mm-hmm. working at the same time. But um, I think that you know, we really are having a buy-in, and again, it's through relationships. So I'm just making sure that I'm, you know, make sure people understand this transparency and all that. Cool. I like that. Um, I close out every show with. Uh asking people for their puzzle pieces. Mm-hmm. So basically your puzzle piece is a quote or a mantra or a line that you like to live by. Just anything that other people can listen to and they can kind of like put something together w- with it. So like, cause I look at the world as like this, this canvas, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like we all have like these different puzzle pieces that we put together and it makes like a lasting like effect. Right. So like what would your puzzle piece be? So I think that um, when we talk about puzzle pieces, I, I really think that we cannot do things on our own. Mm-hmm. And I also believe that to whom much is given, much is required. So the puzzle piece that I will lay down is that, you know, when, and it sounds cliche, but when you're on an elevator and you go into the top floor, when you, once you get there, you have to make sure that you press that number one button so it goes back down. And not, you know what I mean? You're not yeah. leaving people down there. doesn't really sound that cliche, actually. It doesn't. I, no, I was expecting, like, do unto others as you want done to you. I'm, I mean, I guess that's what that is. Yeah, but like I, it was... I almost went to the, you know, teach a man to fish. And, you know <laughs> what I mean? That, but I, I believe in all that. Yeah, man. Yeah. I think that, you know, no one can succeed in life. And that doesn't mean money. That doesn't mean, that means really, truly happiness. Because mm-hmm. once we leave, we're not, we all we leave is our legacy. We don't leave yeah, with anything. I agree. So it's, you know, 
what did you do to help the next person get to the top? And so that's my puzzle piece. It's the fact that I want everybody that I'm close to to win. And if you're a stranger and I see you doing great, there are a lot of good people who are doing good things. Mm-hmm. I want you to win, but I also want you to bring somebody to the top with you. Fair. Fair. Uh, now, Rich, where can people find you if they wanted to connect with you more? Or Listen, I'm falling off the grid, man. Okay. I don't like to be in the limelight anymore. <laughs> I used to be that guy. Okay. But no, I'm not. Um, so I'm on social media. Um, my, um, I'm turning my life around a little bit because, again, like I said, um, I'm opening businesses and mm-hmm. doing certain things. So I'm on social media. Um, Third Times a Charm is my personal page, mm-hmm. but it's also kind of my entrepreneurial type page. Um, so that's how it's set up. It's uh, three... R D X S underscore A underscore charm. And then also where my brand is concerned is always rich. So that's underscore period always rich period underscore. Um and on both platforms you're gonna see me giving inspiration. I try not to put any negativity out there. Um I just started jumping in comments, people's comments and whatnot, mm-hmm. and I'm starting to see like I'm getting some, you know, hatred back and it's like it's, it's, social media is really, really weird. It really is. Um, but so third times the Trump is my handle. Um, that's where you'll find me at most places. Um, and I might just pop up, you know, anywhere. People will just say, hey, I know you're going to be here. I didn't know either, but I'm here. <laughs> so that's it, man. Perfect. Thanks for coming in today, Rich. Thank you for having me, brother. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Industry Friends. I am the host, Dexter Stuckey. If you liked what you heard, do me a favor and rate the show. Subscribe to the show. Review the show. Repost the show. Please tell your friends about it. I really appreciate it. Industry Friends, your audio foot in the door. Industry Friends.